This is Building the Independent Economy podcast, the only series made for founders and teams building the companies that enable and empower independent workers. In each episode, I'll interview subject matter experts, founders, and leaders on the front lines building epic businesses. They'll share insights and actionable advice that your team can use to grow your company and win in the independent economy. I'm your host, Trent Bigelow, CEO and co-founder of Abound. Here's today's episode. Today, our guest is John Ellis, the CEO of Soothe, an experienced executive with a history of building products into successful divisions and companies. He has extensive C-level experience and leadership in digital strategy, product management, e-commerce, M&A, and operations. Before he joined Soothe, he was the Group Vice President of Content and Commerce at Beachbody, where he helped create Beachbody's new wholly-owned subsidiary, OpenFit. And he led Beachbody's digital product, growth, marketing, and e-commerce operations teams. John, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Nice to meet you, Trent. So first off, what is Soothe? And what problem are you solving for workers and consumers? So Soothe, if you haven't heard about it, is a global platform that connects consumers seeking wellness services with health and personal care providers wishing to grow their business. So these are services like massage, skincare, hair and beauty. And then that's sort of on the customer side, the client side. And then we connect those people with therapists, estheticians, and cosmetologists who are out there working independently today and and basically want to manage and grow an independent business. So what exactly are the incentives for those independent wellness workers in terms of finding and joining Soothe anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing really that draws people to Soothe and to this industry is they get to be their own boss. I think that's probably the the most attractive thing about being an independent contractor. And so, you know, they get to set their own schedule. They get to really kind of control their own destiny in terms of how they maximize their income and have that flexibility that they have. I think oftentimes people think that independent contractors are people who, for whatever reason, didn't have a choice or couldn't become an employee. But in reality, oftentimes they either have the desire to have flexibility. A lot of them are stay-at-home moms or have other circumstances where they're taking care of someone. Lots of different circumstances, frankly, that really require some level of flexibility. And so being an independent contractor really allows people to kind of go out there and do their own thing. And and Soothe obviously provides a platform for that for people who are in the wellness space and who also then want to take care of others to be their own boss and maximize their income. And they can use things like our provider app to receive requests and manage their calendar and their schedule and take care of tax reporting and stuff like that. And also have a level of trust and safety that we can help provide through the community that is on our platform to uh, ensure that they're doing it in a safe way and that they're not just like throwing ads out there and kind of going into anyone's home and and having that trust and safety and security that they would want. Yeah, actually more on that. So what were these independent wellness workers doing before Soothe? Well, a lot of them, I guess, prior to Soothe and even still to this day, have private clients that they work with if they're in a mobile environment. Many of them were working in day spas or continue to work in day spas. But certainly here post-pandemic, as things have sort of been shaken up a little bit, and quite frankly, I think as as consumer demand has really increased and they look at like a whole stay-at-home option as being a a better way to consume a lot of services, including wellness services, it's really given a rise in popularity to platforms like Soothe. So you've got a lot more customer demand coming in. A lot of people who maybe were working in day spas now have said, well, I need to find other alternatives 
And this is a better way for me to go about this. And I feel comfortable doing this. And so Soothe has been a great alternative for that. So I, I heard you say platform. So is Soothe like a marketplace? Is that how you'd kind of describe it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're generally, uh, we view ourselves as a marketplace platform where we're connecting those consumers and providers you know, through a single app or website. So your business is serving both the actual workers or the providers as well as the customers. What unique challenges do you have to do in your business to serve both those different needs? Yeah, that's the, uh, <laughs> I guess that's the whole game here. The biggest thing really is optimizing supply and demand. There's a big logistics problem. I've been on the side of physical goods before. I certainly am now. I've also been in the digital world. It's a lot easier to sell digital services where you can scale up or down a lot more easily than you can in a world where you have people connecting with other people. And so um, in that world, you know, you've got essentially consumers on one end who have certain time restraints that they have or certain other criteria that they have, and then providers who have the same, you know, our technology has to be smart enough to really logistically match all those in a way that really makes it seamless and creates a great experience for both sides of the business. And so along with that actually comes with managing expectations. So, you know, there are instances where in a mobile business like this, a provider is maybe driving to someone's house and their car breaks down and they get a flat tire or whatever, and that causes delays. And so both through technology and through our customer service, we have to make sure that we go above and beyond to kind of keep the communication channels alive and really kind of let people know what's going on and manage expectations on both sides. So that whether it's, you know, a provider or a client that's maybe potentially having some issues, we can kind of work around that. And I think sort of related to that, you know, we work with independent contractors. These are not our employees and we don't really control them. And so a lot of that is also setting expectations. And with that good communication, making sure that we're sort of creating a great experience for everybody on a one-to-one basis, because oftentimes, you know, a poor experience with one independent contractor may give that client or someone a bad experience that then turns them against sort of the overall model or against us. And it's important to know that, you know, we're helping to kind of connect consumers with these providers that are independent contractors. And collectively, we all have to kind of work and have some understanding and sort of make sure that we're making everybody look good as part of that process. Wow. And so I'm trying to relate this to like other marketplaces that, you know, we often interact with. So like in the case of Rideshare, it's so important in terms of the rating that probably the drivers give the passengers or the passengers give the drivers. To what extent has that actually been, you know, one of the values that you guys offer both the customer as well as the provider? Yeah, it's really important. We have a similar rating system as well. And so both providers can rate clients and clients can rate providers algorithm to make sure that we're really optimizing this so that people really, you know, that we're surfacing kind of the best professionals to offer different services and different geographies. We operate in five different countries and over 70 markets here in the U.S. So a lot of diverse, you know, problems that kind of come up with that from a logistics standpoint. But I think our average rating right now on the provider side is like 4.8, 4.9. And so essentially, if we see that, you know, anyone's dropping below a certain threshold, we'll start to not send requests to them. And obviously, if it gets too bad, we kick them off the platform. And the same thing happens on the client side as well. And so we're kind of constantly using that through our operational processes to make sure that we're managing the network and providing the best quality of service for, you know, whichever customers that we're talking to. That's really interesting. I think that's a unique position to be in as a marketplace or a platform where beyond just the social network of any one customer or provider, you guys are actually there being like that trusted third party to kind of facilitate these connections. 
Yeah, I mean, you could call us a referral platform in a sense, but I think a marketplace is probably a more accurate way to define it because, you know, we're not just Yelp. I mean, anybody can go out there and throw up an ad and drive in some business. We're helping those providers increase their business and increase their earning potential, but also providing that extra layer that you get from a community that has this sort of rating system and other kind of quality controls around it to help ensure that trust and safety. You mentioned before that the providers are independent workers. If somebody's listening and wondering, you know, why not make them employees? What's the reasoning for why it makes sense for these people to be independent? Well, frankly, the biggest reason is that they don't want to be employees. You know, I certainly know that as you hear some of the regulatory news that's happening around California and Massachusetts and other other areas, there is certainly a small subset of people that I think would prefer to be employees. They tend to be the vocal minority from what we've seen. And I'm only speaking here on behalf of what I read elsewhere and people I talk to and, and obviously what I can see within Soup. But I would tell you that at least from what we've seen in our data, you know, only about 10% of our providers on our platform today are really utilizing Soothe as a primary income source. And even those providers tend to then also have their own private clients. As I mentioned earlier, you know, they oftentimes have other circumstances that are really, you know, not allowing them to kind of work in a typical nine to five type of environment. And so because of that, they need the flexibility and they desire that freedom to be able to go do what they want to do. We have people who work in day spas during the day and then work with us on the nights and weekends. They are people who are teachers during the day. I mean, it's the more people I've met kind of within our platform and our community, the more I'm just astounded at the different lifestyles that everyone leads and how they sort of weave us into their lifestyle as a way to generate more income for themselves. And so I'm proud that we're able to sort of do this and provide the flexibility that they get out of the whole gig economy. And I, I actually wish that more people would be supportive of that you know, not just within our industry, but sort of more broadly. So speaking of being supportive of your independent workers, what do you see as like the top three demands or the asks, you know, that you see from them? Like where are the areas where you think is next and what you can do to even further improve the worker experience at Soothe? The biggest thing that we hear, and this is probably a common thread among every company, is more earnings potential. And so, you know, we work with them closely to try and do that. Various things around kind of, price tests and different things that we can do to essentially drive demand. We actually spend a considerable amount on marketing every month to help foster demand. So when a provider joins our network, it's not like we just sort of give them the app and say, okay, good luck, you're on your own, and just relate to organic demand that kind of comes in. We're actually investing in that because we know that there are consumers out there seeking services, and we want to be able to match them with those providers and, and actually help them grow their business. And so, you know, that, of course, is usually the number one thing that kind of comes up. Within our space, there's also more transparency kind of across the community sort of want to see what's happening, not just with the sort of client to provider, but then also even from provider to provider. Oftentimes you think of independent contractors truly as being independent, like on their own. Many of the services that we offer actually oftentimes involve more than one provider at a single event, for instance. So we might be doing a personal event like a bachelorette party where multiple people have to show up or couples massage, or whatever the case may be. And that one provider is very cognizant of how the second provider, or third or fourth, makes them look, right? And how it affects their brand and their business. And so it's sort of that transparency of sort of knowing what's kind of happening within the community and how they can kind of manage that. And then, you know, we also, and maybe this is unique to our specific sort of field of focus, but we often have a lot of providers who actually want to be able to request or have certain parameters around the types of requests that they receive. So for instance, we actually have a lot of celebrities that use our platform. 
just by happenstance. And so for instance, you know, I had, I was talking with one provider one day and she was, you know, maybe my best guest, maybe 110 pound, you know, female massage therapist. And uh, she's like, you know, I get these requests for these NFL linebackers. And she's like, I'm really good at Swedish massages, but like, I can't go in and give some like deep tissue sports recovery massage. You know, after I've been working like six hours a day, I'd like to be able to filter that out. And so there's a lot of like desire, I think, to have even more control, not just over the hours that they work and the types of services that they offer, but down to the specific requests that they have. And some of that also then ties back into logistics, right? We're actually headquartered here in LA. Traffic areas around LA can be very crazy at times. And so, you know, we'll have providers, for instance, who may work in certain parts of the city, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, somewhere else, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, or they'll be commuting home from one area and they'll take appointments along the way. And all of those are things that our technology needs to adapt to and really address to make sure that we're really optimizing their their earning potential and their overall experience with Sue. Yeah, so I caught three big themes there. So one, like you just said, it's about increasing opportunities for earning potential. Two, it's about providing flexibility. And three, I, I got, you said, it's about giving these independent workers more control over the parameters of their work. Those all sound like huge benefits that you're working on. What do you feel like, you know, broadly speaking, gig economy, on-demand economy as a whole, not just Soothe, but where do you feel like, you know, on-demand could do better? Where are some platforms, and you don't need to name names, where are some platforms or other platforms failing the independent worker that you kind of look at as examples of things that you don't think Soothe should do or does do? Well, I don't know that I can speak to other platforms necessarily, but I think just as an industry, you know, in its entirety here, I think providing more education to independent contractors beyond the you know what's required just to do business with a particular platform or to have a specific skill set so for in our world our providers are all skilled licensed providers they're certified whatever the individual practice may be they have to go through coursework to go do that we're not like an uber or lyft for instance where you just have a driver's license and some basic qualifications and you're off and running so given that like beyond just the skill set training i think in terms of becoming an independent contractor, more education around like how you actually run your business. What does it mean to present yourself as a brand? How do you file taxes? What are the unique things that, that come into play when you're an independent contractor versus an employee? I think a lot of times sort of people venture into this and don't necessarily know that side of like how they become an independent contractor, the benefits. They hear the benefits, but they don't necessarily understand the how-to. And so that education really can provide a huge benefit, I think. And I think the industry overall needs to do more to support that. Certainly from a regulatory standpoint, I think we need to be doing more to embrace independent contractors and not just view them as some subclass or some you know, derivative of employees. That's not to say that we can't do things to sort of enhance that, but I think you know, get sort of laying some of the the data I mentioned earlier, we have so many of our providers who rely on this sort of business model for their own personal well-being and, and livelihood that we need to understand that that's a viable part of our economy. You know, so like looking outside of even Sooth, for instance, you know, here in LA, there's a lot of independent contractors who work on sets, you know, for shows and things like that. They're not things that are working like a nine to five kind of job <laughs> and certainly come in like fits and starts. And so because of that, that flexibility is sort of required. And I think that the laws kind of have to bend with that. You look at things like AB5 that was introduced here in California and was kind of pushed out there. And then I think quickly followed on with 2257, where they kind of said, oh, well, maybe we didn't really fully understand 
what independent contractors need. And so they kind of went back and tried to refine the law a little bit more. And, and I think more of that kind of understanding is going to have to come into play as we sort of like look at independent contractors in its entirety and develop regulations that sort of work for them and work for the society as a whole. And so I think we'll see how that kind of plays out. And then lastly, I think just, you know, platforms like ours that can kind of bring together people around similar skill sets and interests into common communities to support one another. And I think by doing so, the gig economy is going to thrive and consumers are going to have more options. And I think in its entirety, we're all going to win. So That's great. I agree with that. John Ellis, the CEO of Sue, thank you so much for joining today. My pleasure. Thanks, Trent. Thanks for listening to Building the Independent Economy podcast, brought to you by Abound. For access to the latest episodes, links, and more about today's guest, visit our website at withabound.com slash podcast. If you're building tax or benefits features for independent workers, check out Abound, the easiest way to automate contributions for taxes, healthcare, retirement, insurance, and more. Have an amazing day and stay independent.